Hi, everyone. It's Carrie from All the Social Ladies, and I've got an offer just for you. Social Fresh has a conference coming up in September in Tampa, Florida. Social Fresh 2015. It is where the world's leading social marketers get inspired, and I'm so excited to be recording this podcast live from there this September. I'd love to invite you to join me. So head on over to socialfreshconference.com and use the special code ATSL for 50 additional dollars off your admission. It's an amazing conference. I was there last year, and I hope you'll join me this year and help record some All the Social Ladies podcasts. If you'd like to be a guest and record one of your social ladies tips, it would be a great time to come on down. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kirpin. Now, Carrie Kirpin. Hello and welcome back to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and today I am beyond psyched. I'm like thoroughly thrilled to have Marie Bonacourse with us today. She's an experienced and seasoned social media manager, spending four years as the social media and community manager for some of Procter & Gamble's largest and most iconic brands. She brought life and laughter and fun into Bounty, Charmin, Gillette, and Puff's social media. You may actually remember that on Charmin, they were awarded the title of sassiest brand on Twitter from Time Magazine, which she'll talk about. I mean, she really, really made a mark for P&G, which is amazing. And then she left and started her own consulting business called the Sassy Tweetress. She's got a lot to say today, and I'm guaranteeing you that you are going to be entertained and love it because I am constantly entertained by and adore her. Welcome, Marie. Thank you, Carrie. I'm so excited to be here. My level of squee is probably at, I don't know, I can't even explain it. I don't think there's a level that can even describe it right now. We're off the chart. The squee <laughs> swe cannot be contained. It is just very, very exciting. And we are thrilled to have you because, you know, you have a lot to share uh, with our listeners, especially, you know, getting in pretty early with an organization like P&G is no easy feat. So I would love to hear just the story of your career, how you got to where you are today. So bring us from the beginning to now. Absolutely. And it's, it's a really interesting story because I started off my career as an admin, actually, at P&G in 2007. I moved with my husband for his career um, to the Cincinnati area, applied and became an admin. And I was there for, you know, as an admin for about three years. And all the mean, meanwhile, I was really passionate about social media. And I saw these brands getting on. And I saw this opportunity because I was personally on social media. And, I, and at the time, it was R&D. I worked for Head & Shoulders. And I said, guys, why are we not on social media? Holy moly, we're missing this opportunity. And in some beautiful, serendipitous way, a friend of mine sent me a a notice that an internal job opportunity popped up, and it was something called a community manager. And at the time, I had no idea what it was, but it sounded like 
the heavens opened up, wrote the job description for me and put it in front of me for, for basically me to take. And, you know, it was not an easy process. There were a ton of very qualified, amazing people that applied. And about three months later, um, I was accepted. And it's almost like the rest is history. And what I did was basically helped run and partner with the agencies for all of the social and, and anything that touched social for Bounty, Charmin, and Puff. And then after about almost four years, I moved over to Gillette for a little while before deciding, okay, it's time to start my own thing and really help preach the gospel of good, you know, social media to the rest of uh, to the rest of the world. I've done what I can. Time to move on. Had an amazing experience. Learned beyond so much with with these amazing marketers. I mean, it's Procter and Gamble, right? With some of the most iconic brands of all time. And I, I just could not believe how much I learned and how much I absorbed. And I, was, I really just want to share all of this knowledge with everyone, you know, who, who wants to learn how to do social media well. So it's really an amazing story that you have. And I have a bunch of questions of, of different pieces of that story. So when you, when you first started at P&G as an admin, is that something that you recommend, like for people who want to get in with a large organization, is it just get your foot in the door any way you can and then work your way up? Do you highly recommend that? Absolutely. And I think it's, it's coupling both professional and personal experience, right? You know, I think one of the things that really helped deliver amazing social media success. It's just you being on it and you being a fan of a brand and following not only the company that you may work for, but others that you have a personal involvement in. You know, I love Kate Spade, so I follow their social. I love, you know, um, Neiman Marcus. There's certain brands that I absolutely adore. Clorox, you know, Oreo, which I lovingly at the time when I was at Charmin called the cookie that shall not be named because of that Super Bowl tweet, but I was quite uh. jealous. <laughs> You know, I just, what I did was I paralleled path my personal learning with getting, like you said, my foot in the door. And sometimes it could be just offering help to a friend that has a startup, small, looking for a smaller company um, that you can get in, you know, your foot in the door. But I agree, it's just working your way up and then showing that you can add value, that you know what you're talking about. Because at the end of the day, without you understanding, you know, how can you affect the business? How can you help deliver against their, their expectations and their needs and their wants? You know, you have to make sure that you make that sort of impact, and you can't do that unless you do it from a personal and professional level. And so, Marie, the, the brands that you worked on and looking at uh, Bounty and looking at Puffs and looking at Charmin, these are not brands that you would describe initially as sexy or something that people want to be constantly talking about. And yet you were constantly recognized, particularly with Charmin, I mean, constantly out there in terms of how uh, wonderfully you were engaging and really getting content across in social. How do you take a brand that is, I would say, like a standard type of product and make it that interesting? What goes into that? I always used to joke that if you want to know what I did or what my products were, it was basically we wiped your counters, your nose, and your ass. So in some way, shape, or form, that is what I did. But I think ultimately it was just really getting to know my team, my marketing team, my legal team, my R&D team. Again, knowing social myself, being a fan of the platform, using the platform, 
And then understanding what is it that I, you know, what is it that we want to do? We want to build a connection. We want to humanize the brand. It, we know that corporations are not humans, but what we can do is bring a human face and let people know that we care. It is about engagement. It is about humility. I personally think that the word of the year is humility. You know, a lot of brands, because of, of marketing, you know, they have big budgets or they think, you know, let's, we're going to buy fans. You know, that's not the way to do it. You have to earn the trust and the respect and, and that kind of social currency from them. You know, and it's, what it is is little by little. It's just every day engaging with them, remembering the inside jokes, knowing what your community, community is passionate about. And something that you actually said at Social Fresh last year stuck with me and resonated with me. And it was all about, you know, you, your community owns you online, right? All you can do is give them the content and kind of drive them towards the direction that you want them to go to. And that's always stuck with me. And I thought it was a beautiful lesson in like, what can I deliver so that I can help them create the best online reputation of my brand? You know, how can I get them to love us? And it's it's just basically boiling down to humanizing, finding moments of connection. You know, when you're sick, when you're, you know, as a parent, I can't even begin to tell you how much content my children contributed to the Charmin t- Twitter feed. I mean, they essentially were the stars for about a year. Um, <laughs> Bounty, I mean, seriously, with my Charlie, um, yeah, single-handedly, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's because I lived with those products. I used those products. I wasn't just some blind, you know, evangelist. I used them, and I lived the moments. And it doesn't matter if you're a single person with pets you know, it doesn't matter if you are a boomer, you know, with your kids out the door or you're a family of five, you know, you're going to use these products and it's just understanding how they're used, those funny, touching, light moments or maybe those moving moments and just finding that connection with them and, and just really trying to humanize and be humble and, and, and understanding you're not the cool kids, right, on social. Totally. Your, your community is going to tell you if you are or not and you inherently become cool by knowing you aren't. You know, it's just accepting and knowing who you are as a brand, knowing your voice and knowing what you stand for. I think that's paramount in developing a best-in-class um, social presence. Now, Marie, you were really famous for creating uh, this sort of real-time content from these brands. I mean, they were constantly, constantly recognized. Your tweets from the seat uh, with Charmin, a lot of these different pieces that you did. Um, tell me how you were able to really pull that off in an organization that's as big uh, as P&G. And tell us, give us an example of that type of work that you did that you were particularly proud of. I love that you asked this question. Um, I think ultimately it comes down to trust. My brand trusted me and it was through showing every, every day you know, I contributed little by little, and I kept in constant communication. We were a very tight team. It didn't matter if it was Bounty, if it was Puffs, or if it was Charmin. We always had that one person. We always had, um, you know, that kind of sounding board, hey, this is what I'm going to go with, and they always responded immediately. But ultimately, um, it comes down to trust and making sure that your social media manager and your community manager knows your brand, knows your voice, and knows your community, right? And they knew that if I ever had a, a red flag moment, I would always go back to my brand and double check with them. You know, I, I don't think I've ever failed them in that sense. I don't think I ever led them astray. If I was really passionate about something, um, you know, I would, I would 
not fight for it, but I would definitely state my case. And it was, it was, it wasn't just me. I wasn't the only person there. It was an amazing team of skilled marketers who brought forth the, these brands, you know, to life on social. And I think the best example recently was the Kobe Bryant tweet um, that we capitalized on for Charmin. Um, I guess uh, my Google alert popped up and it looked like uh, Kobe Bryant had just come back from, I guess, some time off from an injury. Um, and he had some interesting words to say to his uh, teammates about being Charmin soft. I saw it, and it always cracks me up because a lot of people have this this idea of this huge war room, you know, tons of people, you know, it's P&G, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes it would just be me on my iPhone, right? And I showed it to my, my communications manager. She approved it because we sat right next to each other. And lo and behold, next thing you know, it took off. And I was so proud of it because we were able to not only, you know, come up with a very lighthearted, clever way to acknowledge it, but also keep it in, in tune with the brand voice and, and not be offended, offensive to anybody, right? That was our main thing. We never wanted to be offensive. We never wanted to be insensitive. We always wanted to stay on the positive side of things, and that's what I loved about our brand, it, that we were always cheeky and playful, and I thought we found a great way to do that. And that, to me, was just probably the pinnacle of, uh, you know, next to as guardian of my career because we were able to capitalize on such an amazing pop cultural moment and really act on it in a very, you know, authentic way. It was us, but it acknowledged the situation. And I think ultimately that's what social media is. It's about those touch points that keep you authentic to who your brand is, to your brand voice and what value you bring but also how can you connect it, you know, to, to these pop cultural moments. And I think a lot of brands need to learn or, you know, they can, they can take some learnings on, on, you know, if it's a stretch, don't do it. Sometimes there's more value in, in staying silent or just not participating. You know, you, you'll earn more credibility by not saying anything than by constantly jumping on some of these trending hashtags. I love it. That's great <laughs> advice. And so for season two, Marie, of which you are now a part, an official alumni of season two, oh we are playing a very special game. And it is called okay. Likeable, Lovable, yeah. Loathable. Oh. Not word loathable. So I'm going to give you a variety of things that are happening in social media. And you're going okay. to tell me whether they are likable, lovable, or loathable, or you might think of another L word or any word that you might want to really associate with any of these things. Um, but I think that you are the perfect person to play this because you are so entrenched in the space. And I think it will be very, very fun for you. Are Fabulous. you ready? Yeah. I am so ready. Bring it on, Bob. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Likeable, lovable, lovable. Okay, Marie, how yeah. do we feel about Selfie sticks. Lovable. I was just in D.C. and they were everywhere and I almost got knocked in the face and I get it. You want to take the picture, but you know what? Ask somebody. It's amazing how friendly and how honest a lot of people are. Ask them to take the picture for you and engage in human interaction <laughs> versus inanimate thing that you can knock someone's eye out. And it's just, items to avoid uh, speaking to people. <laughs> Oh my God, exactly. Like, that's great. Show this picture, but completely ignore everyone else. I love it. <laughs> okay, erasable media like Snapchat disappearing. Oh, likable. Um, I think it's great. It serves a purpose. Um, 
you know, you just have to be careful as with anything because, like, you know, nothing is erasable on the Internet. Um, nothing goes away. Everything is permanent. So I think you just have to take it with a grain of salt and just be very careful. Um, make sure that you are securing your, your brand, your personal brand equity, and, and you're just protecting it. But it's wonderful, and it, it can serve for light, humorous moments. I, you know, I'll send a Snapchat to my nephew you know, for some levity or a break or to my husband or some friends. And, you know, it is fun. If, if, if used in the right way, totally likable and fun. Love it. Cat memes. Pictures of cats all over the Internet. Oh, I'm going to go likable just because they've been around so long. I would have said lovable maybe a year ago, um, but likable just because everyone loves cats. Again, it's like babies, bacon, dogs, and cats. Like you can't compete with everything else is just kind of like below that. The live streaming (laughs) movement, the live streaming movement, pure cat, Mariscope, pure cat and Mariscope, mere cat and Periscope. Love it. Love it. Love it. You lovable? Lovable. I love it. I love that interaction. We actually did something with Gillette where there was a gentleman, he was a fan, and he was actually periscoping when he was shaving and highlighting Gillette. And we had this real-time interaction with fans and ended up sending some non-users, you know, some Gillette to showcase, hey, we love you. Thanks for the love. We want you to find out if Gillette works for you. And, you know, what a great way to interact on a real, like, you cannot get more real-time than that, right? And I just love that it's, it, it brings social to the most exponential, like, square tube space possible. And, and, you know, when done right, it could be such a wonderful way to engage with your community and really interact, right? You know, ask real-time questions. And from brand's perspective, can you imagine if you're lucky enough to have a huge influencer or a huge celebrity, you know, giving your, your community the chance to interact one-on-one, you know, so to speak, and and in a real-time manner, oh, I love it. I love the way technology is all about bringing these connections, when done right, you know, to fruition. I love it. Lovable, lovable, lovable. Awesome. And last one for you, promoted God. tweets. Promoted tweets. You know, I start, I'm going to go lovable just because it's Twitter, right? And I love right. Twitter. Um, I think at the end of the day, you have to, A, know the platform, be an active user of Twitter yourself and think to yourself, how am I disrupting? You're disrupting someone's feed. How am I going to break through one, right? And how am I going to actually deliver a tweet that's of value? You know, don't make some white noise of, hey, hey, come follow us, blah, blah, blah. You know, one of the things that I think that we did so wonderfully with Charmin was we had that insight of tweet from the seat. Okay, and we knew that up to 65% of people acknowledged that they took their smartphone into the bathroom. And what we did with some promoted tweets was that we said, "Hey, we know you're on the, you know, you're you're on the throne. Why not follow us for some fun stuff?" And it was that insight translated into a promoted tweet to disrupt and be fun and add value of entertainment that people were like, oh, my God, they're the NSA. Shaman is in bed with the NSA because they couldn't believe that we took this very simple insight. (laughs) You just knew they were on the throne. You knew it. You cannot believe how many people are like, oh, my God, Charmin is following me on my phone. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, the tweets were insane. But they loved it. And. And it was such an easy way to communicate with them in a very human way. It's like, we get you. We know. You know, we're toilet paper. We literally take crap for a living. We understand. And so, you know, when done right, I think promoted tweets, when they bring value and are disruptive for the right reasons, 
I think they can be so lovable. It's just, you know, just making sure your social media team is on point and they understand your demo and they understand the platform. Love it. Marie, you're a fabulous guest. And if people want to follow the Sassy Tweetress and you and watch all of the amazing things you're doing, where should they go? They should go to the sassytweetress.com. I'm actually launching today. Ah! And um, I'm going to be well, I know. So this is like my official coming up party. That's and it. I want to coming up or whatever it is, but I just feel like singing because that's what I randomly do. I love <laughs> Sometimes it's when I'm excited and happy. Out. You to know that you are to know the sassy tweetresses ago. <laughs> yeah, I totally pulled a Christina Aguilera on that one, which I love. I want people to know that you actually were, you and Luli B are two of my biggest inspirations. You know, here are these two women who have families and are rocking it as like women entrepreneurs and, you know, just killing it and still being happy, still staying true to themselves and still offering something of value and of hope and of fun and positivity and contribution to people. So I just want to let you know that, that I'm just having like one of those loving Oscar moments of like, and I want to thank the Academy. That's pretty much doing It's right a now. love fest. It's a love fest. Yes. So I want everyone <laughs> to follow Marie and check out the Sassy Tweetress because you will not be sorry. She is a barrel of laughs and also a, it contains a massive, massive amount of wisdom and how to do social media right. So check her out and thank you for being an incredible social lady, Marie. Thank you, Carrie. And I had an amazing time. Yay! You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, Sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likable.com. This week's episode is brought to you by the Social Fresh Conference. You can visit them at socialfreshconference.com and book your ticket today. Social Fresh's conference is where the world's leading social marketers get inspired. And today I have a special offer for you to save $50. The code to enter is ATSL. That's ATSL as in all the social ladies. I'll be down there recording live and I look forward to seeing you. It's a killer conference.